Hello and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. I'm so thrilled to share a new mini-series here on the podcast called Spill the Tea. Join Molly McKinley and me for conversations about being intentional and confident in uncertain times and beyond. Molly is the CEO of Intentionalities and host of the Afternoon Tea Podcast. So in honor of our shared love of tea, pull out your sassiest teacup, brew your favorite tea blend, snuggle into your coziest spot, and listen in on this hour of togetherness. Get ready to hear us sharing ideas too, best practices around, and of course, highlighting our favorite people, brands, and initiatives, positively serving humanity, and sprinkling joy over their slice of the galaxy. Without further ado, let's spill the tea. Hey everyone, it's Tuesday. It's the first Tuesday in April as we go live. Ah, Q1, we bid you adieu. <laughs> wow. Molly, can you believe it? No, I cannot it's believe Q2. it. Q2, how is that even possible? <sighs> yeah. Did I say Q1, we bid you adieu, or did I say Q2? Like, seriously, that is my day right there. Oh gosh, I don't know, but yeah, it is. Um, well, in Australia, you know, Rate My Agent is a client, and they're the exact opposite of us. Their uh, fiscal year ends in June, actually June thirtieth, um, instead of December thirty first, and it's very confusing because we're always driving to dates in in the summer, which are very different than um, yeah. So anyway. Wow. Well, I do know that there's some companies I think here in the States that do that, but that is very, very confusing to me. I'm like, oh man, like, so on all of the, our documents, it's like, you know, Q1, Q4, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Okay. So we have so much to discuss today. Um, all, all sorts of things happening. Uh, we've got a really fun affirmation. However, my favorite thing is breathing with you. I love this part. Yeah. I'm so ready to breathe. It's been a it's been a fast day. You know, days where you're like, bing, oh my god. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, and it's nine here, it's six o'clock there. And uh, you know, yeah, it's been a full, full day. So let's let's breathe. Um, so for our, our East Coasters. Um, and you know, our West Coasters, this is just a good breath, um, regardless of where you are in your day. Um, and, um, we're just going to breathe from our third eye, our head and to our heart and back from our heart to our, our mind. And what we're doing is while we are breathing here, we're just, um, there's an idea I'm at home. So you're going to hear like dogs and teenagers, and this is like the full on, you know, Unscripted. Unscripted, <laughs> yes. Um, we still have that COVID grace, right? Where like everybody's doing the best that we can. I, I think that this is the norm. I think this is just simply the norm. Life interact, you know, woven together in all the other things we do. So I kind of, I kind of like the barking. I love it. Well, that's Pepper, and he is a pain in the ass. So we love him. So he's a pepper. <laughs> oh, Peppa. Well, I'm I'm also on my very expensive 
um, internet at the farm that doesn't work too. So um, there's that. So if I it's free, a perfect storm, <laughs> it's good. Um, okay. So again, and when we're doing this, we're remembering here that this our senses, right? We're gonna. So that's why we shut our eyes is we're reducing our external stimuli, and we're you know, our senses are taking in information, we process it through the mind, mm. but the true intelligence, the seat of the soul is at the heart. Um, and as, you know, followers of Mary Magdalene, if you will, the sacred eye of the heart, but um, the, the eye is the seat of the soul here at the heart center. So mm. let's just take off the day just coming to this present moment, we start by centering ourselves with the awareness at the very tip of the nose. And just coming to a moment of presence by feeling the air coming in the nose and out the nose. And as we begin to lengthen that breath, breathing in fully, expanding the ribs and exhaling fully, letting releasing it go letting it go through the mouth and this run we're going to breathe in up through the nose into the space between the brow our third eye our processor and exhaling that breath into that sacred eye of the heart the seat of the soul inhaling from heart to mind exhaling from mind to heart. One more big round from heart to mind. And big exhale, releasing, sending it off to the world, letting it go. Bye-bye. <laughs> say good riddance. <laughs> I love the, the I, she calls it soul meditation, right? Mary, uh, or Megan Watterson calls the the three, the three breaths that sh she calls up the soul meditation. Yeah, and that and that's again that's a, the easiest breath to do, right? Just three intentional breaths where you are present, right? Mm -hmm. And the idea again with presence is that we are living in the past if we are in our mind thinking of what's happened already, and we're in the future if we are in our minds thinking and planning what's ahead. And both of those places, right, are okay at times, but where we are in our power is in our presence. And that yeah. is something that most people I don't think do in, with any kind of consistency, regularity, intent, um, that most people are either always in their heads in the past or the future. Mm. Well, and I love that w when she basically was sharing that in the Greek and Hebrew languages that translates to existing nowhere and or death. It means yeah. we're actually like the walking dead. Right. And Does that ring true anyway, with everybody's noses in their phones. It, it really, like, I think about it so much. I think, okay, bring yourself back in. And I, I've shared this a couple of times on the show that like literally breathing meditation while I'm walking is yes. is becoming a norm now because I, I realize even even though I feel like I'm I'm out for a walk, I'm not in front of my computer. Mm -hmm. I'm 
I'm still not, I still wasn't very often that is in my moment. Like I'm breathing the cool air in my nose. I'm breathing the hot air out my mouth. Oh, look, look at the Robin over there. The Robin is, you know, eating a worm. Like, <laughs> like really almost, almost like the voiceover of Deborah's life. Well, and if you do that, you'd realize that most of it is super frenetic. You know? Yes. Oh yeah. my, this word frenetic, it, I feel like I keep hearing that lately. I don't know. Oh, really? What... I thought I was too original. Dang it. No, no. It, I, I think it's so, you know, it's interesting. It's, it's like my reticular activating system has been triggered. And now I keep hearing that word. I see it in things I'm reading. It's just like, you know, you're, you're getting ready to buy that white Mercedes and you see white Mercedes everywhere. It's crazy how that works. But that yeah. energy, I feel like there is a little bit of that. I mean, spring always brings kind of that heightened uh, sense of energy, right? Even yeah. just nature in general, she's like bursting open. Oh and my gosh, I know. Every day. I mean, I don't know how the trees are out there, but they are this time of year and it's like it's every single day molly they're different it's I like they're really tight buds and now now they're like really tight buds and some open blossoms and some of the most like i was i was that freaky lady in your neighborhood today like touching the velvet new leaves oh i love that <laughs> I was I literally touching the leaves i'm like well, and again, we know, right, because water has memory, and they've already done a lot of studies about that, about how the power of our words, the sacred vibration of sound, right, can affect the quality of the water as it freezes, the snowflake experiment, which is really cool. If, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just Google, like, water memory snowflake experience, experiment, and you'll get it. But um, what's really cool about that is it's like that, you know, we're water, you know, so the, when you're touching and loving that plant, mm. you're actually doing something really good for each other. You know, yeah. it's so beautiful. I highly recommend the slowing down. And that's, I think one of the, my favorite things about that first course that we took together with Megan, the, the um, seeing with and through the eye of the heart was that something in it changed me and that it slowed me down another notch. It's mm. where I've always been the, the, that girl with her camera out in the changing seasons, taking the pictures. I mean, even when I was in grade school, like I, I was the one with the camera and mm -hmm. I was, I'm really like this. Right? Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I mean, I remember the first time I had a digital camera and I was like, wait, where am I supposed to look? Am I, am I supposed to look at that? Right. What, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's so funny taking a photo now. Like it's, anyways, I digress. Um, but I realized even sometimes where I've, I used to look at when I was taking a photo that I was slowing down, I really wasn't. I mean, I was stopping walking, <laughs> but I still wasn't quieting my mind. Yeah. I still wasn't like actually walking up and touching it and, and maybe, maybe talking to it or maybe simply saying, wow, so this is so gorgeous. This is so lovely. Right. Like really being in that moment. Mm. I'm so thankful. Okay. For that. 
I love that. There's actually a really beautiful uh, meditation. Tishnahan has it, and I forget the name of it. I used to do. I used to teach kids yoga. And now I just teach the teachers, kids yoga teachers. Um, so I don't teach the kids anymore. Um, but it was something like a three stones or something. But the meditation is simply to take just three stones or three objects or whatever, and just have them in your hand, and then one by one just feel the actual material yes. way, right? Yeah. So you feel the stone and the coolness or the warmth or the pokiness or the smoothness or whatever. And you're just connecting with the, you know, the, the qualities. But again, yeah. it's all about reining in. Cause I was having a conversation with my son today and he um, was asking about meditation and I was like, you know, right? <laughs> I'm so proud. I'm so proud. <laughs> Like, okay, you prepared your whole life for this. Get excited, you know. <laughs> it was like I was off the bat, you know. Um, you know, no, it wasn't about that. But yeah, no, I was totally that person. Um, but you know, I was like, the a great little experiment to start a meditation is just to sit and to try to count to ten, and just notice at what number you have. And for most people, it's like three, mm. you know? And if you're sitting there counting one, two, something pops in the mind screen, and then that takes you into a place, right? Yes. Where, yeah, I said, that is why it's a practice, right? And so if you just start by counting and just trying to focus on the count, yes, what you're doing is you're bringing one centered focus, one focus, and the focus at that inst in that moment is the count. Yes. And then you just start over every time your mind wanders at the count. And then it gets easier and easier where you can count to, you know, much, much higher. <laughs> you can get past 10. <laughs> you can get past 10, yes. But for most people who are starting, it's like, oh my gosh, really am I having that many, that many thoughts? But I'm like, that's it. That's the practice. It's exactly it. It's, it's actually, and not shaming yourself for the thoughts. No way. It's, it's a muscle. It, it's, yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. It's our Western culture of having to be perfect the first time we do something as an adult. Like as kids, we're allowed to take however long it takes to learn how to be potty trained. Or, I mean, we could walk around in diapers. And I mean, I see kids that are like three, four years old sometimes. Like they're just, it's taking them longer to learn, right? Or yeah. tying our shoes. You know, some people like the two bunny ears and the loop and the running around. And yeah. like we we give ourselves so much grace when we're when we're small learning something, but all of a sudden we have these grown-up bodies and we're supposed to know how to do everything we want to do perfectly right out the gate. And uh, meditation is is one of those. I mean, I think, again, in this time, you know, over the last 12 to, to 16 months where we've either been leading up to in the winter or in the pandemic, there has been there have been more pockets of time where I can actually take a meaningful walk where I can slow down. And um, one of the interesting things that I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago, Molly, but we're talking about the darkness um, and being in, it was, it was in Burning Woman. And it was when she was talking about how she had visited that, like, um, I don't know if it was a monastery or a church or some sort of sacred building in Japan. 
and there was that weird little hidden door. Do you yeah. remember this? So uh-huh. that so the story was that um, there's this this little tiny door that most people miss. But if you see it and you ask what's in there, you can go in and you can actually sit in total darkness. Mm. And, and how, when she was saying that, I was like, isn't that interesting? Like we, we've kind of created in our society, like a fear of the dark, right? Like, ooh, there might be that weird freaky clown from poltergeist underneath your bed. So <laughs> like, don't turn out all the lights. But she was talking about how like the, that womb, wombology or the healing from wounds actually we require the darkness we require slowing our mind down and there was a similar situation right from the the counting to 10 versus sitting in darkness and how how long can you sit in darkness and not start what was that what was that what was that noise oh yeah we're so conditioned Oh gosh, I love that. Well, I, you know, live out here on the farm and there's like no um, external light sometimes. And when it's a new moon, there is no light. Usually the moonlight will illuminate my walk to the chickens, right? But when it's a new moon, it's pitch black out there. And I have broken my foot because I fell in a hole, you know, before. Right? Remember that? Because it was pitch black. But now I wouldn't, I, I know my way right yeah and i remember when i first moved here like every sound i was like you know like imagining some sort of lurking person like coming out of the weeds you know to cause in you know indefinite harm. Harm. i know it's so weird but right? that's the media right there right that's like all the you know the michael and jo- jason and freddie and all the freaky dudes who have knives aren't chasing us in masks or I mean, we have a ton of bats, which bats are awesome because they eat the bad stuff, right? But, you know, even imagine the bat coming out and, you know, cap, you know, creating me into a vampire. I want to suck your blood, Molly. I know, right? So, yeah. But these are the things that we have to unlearn, right? And, so, and there we come right back to the unlearning of things yes. and having safe places where we can go, why do we feel that way? you know, where did that come from? Where, where's the, where's the genesis of that thought process that I so easily adopted along the way? Well, and, and here's what I like about that, that leaning into the darkness, right? Um, And people call this in different psychological circles, like shadow work. And what that means is there, and this is really related to the archetypes um, and understanding sort of those like collective unconsciousness that we've talked about in the past. Um, but the shadow work or that radical self-study, which is really what it is, mm, mm-hmm. is super interesting. And I had a major like a light go on when we were listening to Caroline, uh, excuse me, Megan Watterson in in the, um, that last um, class that we did. And she's talking about fully human, fully divine. And most of us think of our humanity as sinful, right? And things to shy away from instead of our humanity and being the things that are what we have to work through. And so recently I've been really digging into not only my sun sign, um, but my rising sign and my moon sign and understanding my natal chart, which is actually kind of fascinating because I'm learning and it's not that I'm learning things about myself. 
but things about myself that I have normally discarded as bad, mm. I'm seeing it in my chart. And I'm like, this is, if you apply that layer of understanding that Megan Watterson is, is sharing, those are the things that I'm supposed to be working through. That's that radical self-study of not yes. only what makes us, um, what we deem culturally as, as beautiful, good, whole, yeah. but also culturally as dark, you know, or whatever. And those parts of us is, those are, that's the stuff that we're working through. Um, yeah. And so it's like, oh gosh, you know, like this is starting to paint a picture of a story of a personality of, and, and the work that I'm doing. And it's not something that I'm shying away from, but it's something that I'm shining light into. And oh, so good. that has been kind of awesome. <laughs> right? We, I, you know, I, Andrew and I were, were having this conversation because he, you know, we've, we've had similar, but very different kind of uh, religious experiences, right? Re experiences with religion. But we both went to parochial school. He went to Catholic school. I went to Lutheran school. So we grew up with the um, the, the Christian Bible. And in this, during this study and during, you know, learning more about Ma Mary Magdalene and really more about her as a woman, mm -hmm. right? As, as an, as a woman, like you or me or the amazing women who are with us here live tonight, that that she was flesh and blood, that she wasn't a character in a story mm -hmm. that and and really actually breathing a different layer of life into her has been so interesting because growing up and same for Andrew and almost a, a, another layer because his re, his religion, right uh catholicism they actually had a very intense relationship with the mother mary mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so there was this divine connection to you know the mother of jesus yet mary magdalene in the 14th 15th century was stripped of her power and her her lineage and her financial stability and her ability to be an evangelist and flipped into a, a prostitute to, oh, yeah. to meet the church, right? To meet the church's need at the time. And it's so fascinating as, as we walk these paths, as we're, as we're learning and we're connecting not only with ourselves, right, on this journey of the slowing down, the breathing, the, the doing things that we've always done, but with intention. Thank you very much, Molly. <laughs> uh, it's, we're also taking time to learn about these women. And Megan has this way of pulling you into the story of this woman and helping you walk in her shoes or her sandals, yeah. probably <laughs> her sandals. Or her bare feet if we want to discuss grounding, but yes. Right. Or her bare feet even, right? But that that at growing up, and I know that there's going to be somebody who's listening to this either right now or uh, on the podcast, like questioning or or even like asking, well, what what who was Mary? Right. I mean, yeah. I remember as a small child thinking that Mary was Jesus' girlfriend. Like 
Why would I even think that as a kid? But I remember asking it and I remember getting this like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, don't question. Like, um, like you're welcome to come into church, but don't bring your questions. Mm. That kind of, right? And so- Bring a whole bag of questions right (laughs) with you. Well, and how (laughs) I feel so blessed to be at a point in my life where- I, if, if another human wants to judge me for walking the path that I'm walking and learning what I'm learning and embracing the knowledge that is out there. And oh, by the way, we found, I have to send you this link because Andrew found this website, bringing it right back around to the gospel of Mary with all of the, the books they found now, like the oh, whole, yeah. I mean, it is giant. Mm. The list is because they keep unearthing whether it's in urns or niches in these churches where the master jars girl. Yes, those radical monks. Oh my gosh. Like seriously, the radical monks and the wild nuns who were like, mm-mm. We're gonna we're gonna hide this. We're gonna hide this. We're gonna hide this. This is the stuff. This is the good stuff. We're gonna hide it because these people aren't ready for it because all they care about is power. Yes. And, and their own singular narrative, right? Their singular narrative. And we, you know, we are blessed to work with clients and to do work that is about being diverse and equitable and inclusive. And, you know, as women, we've experienced some of that as white women, we haven't experienced any of it. (laughs) And so I'm a gay woman on top of it. So that's, that's a whole different, another layer of experience, you know? Yes. And right now I'm, I'm listening to a new book, everyone, another book. Yes. And this will definitely be on my 21 and 21. Uh, It's called more than a body. And I was, it was recommended. So tomorrow morning, Leslie Appleton Young has her coffee and conversations with Leslie on the, in the woman up community. So this is a new show that we um, designed for her specifically to host herself and another guest where they come in and they talk about things. And as she stepped into retirement, she kind of pulled all of the life lessons that she's either shared on the woman upstage or that, you know, in the process, she was like, oh yeah, that's another good one. I'm going to write that down. I I don't know. I think she's maybe at 30 now, Um, but she's bringing in guests who, when they look at the list, they're like, oh, I got something about that. I got something to say about that. Like, I got something to say about that. So she's got the, uh, her, her friend Kathy is coming on tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying Kathy's last name because I have no idea exactly how to say it and I don't want to butcher it. But Kathy S. <laughs> Kathy, uh, yes. Kathy S. Yes. She, uh, she's coming on and they're talking about the life lesson around um, walking is not cardio. Sorry. And it's all on it really the, the the name is only a sliver of it, but this is Leslie's really her journey in becoming healthier, right? Oh. Divorcing uh, d- divorcing the the husband that was not for her, right? The, the relationship that was 
anchoring her in a place where she didn't want to stay and her releasing that and falling in love with soul cycle and falling in love with John, her Italian stallion. And now she's retiring with him and she's living in Sarasota, but they are selling that place. They're buying a place in Atlanta to be near her grandbabies. So her life is blossoming in third act. Mm. And, and so she's, she's got this guest Kathy coming on and Kathy's like, I want to talk about this book. And so I was like, Ooh, I want to talk about a book called more than a body. That sounds interesting. Uh, and I I'll, I'll send you, I'll send the link and I'll drop it in the comments. But so far I'm about halfway through and mm -hmm. it's twins who wrote the book and they, they realized when they were teenagers, how their bodies were, were making decisions for them. Oh, I don't want to go to the beach because I need to lose weight. I'm not going to be on the swim team anymore because I don't look right in my bathing suit. Um, all of, and so they've devoted their, a large part of their lives hmm. all the way, like I said, all the way to PhDs on this process because they have this unique way of looking at things because they're hmm. twins. They're identical twins. So they're basically looking at themselves. Mm. Like, can you imagine? Fascinating. And and so the the book really, there's so many layers to it. And and I don't want to dig too deep in it, but this concept of of recognizing yourself, right? And and seeing yourself and and believing that um what was how she says it she said it like we've always been taught like when somebody says how do you feel about your body like that's a question they ask everyone like how do you feel about your body like write it out yeah, yeah. and there's you know the answers are are far and wide so yeah. people talk about the things you know my body has helped me run five marathons or my body is fat and and sore and uh, you know i hate it to the you know the, the extremes on the other side i've i've always been so skinny everyone's called me beanpole my whole life it's been awful i wish i had curves like but most of the time it's on how people see it and okay. she has this 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 it's um like your mind twin right seeing your body through like outside of yourself but it's still you hmm. and and so how how they've written the book is very interesting, but the statistics in this book are rich. And every single time I bawl my eyes out because it's like eight out of 10 women have not done something in their life because their body wasn't okay. Oh, wow. They haven't That's attended probably. an event or something or, oh. I always try to flip that script whenever I find myself um, not doing that because I'm like, I, the body, we, it is the suit of the soul, right? So the seat of the soul is the heart. The suit of the soul is the skin and the bones and the blood and allows us to experience all of this. Right. So. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it's good. I mean, it, it's true. Flipping the script is important for sure. I that doesn't happen soon enough. Yeah, no, we, no. Like, we still struggle with it, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh God, yeah. we're all still flipping the switch, switch, but the key is not to, you know. Yeah, know. and their whole thing is trying bad. to help little girls start it sooner, right? So they start oh, talking yeah. with girls when they're fourteen. 
uh, could probably start even earlier, right? These days, you could probably start with little girls when they're eight or nine, uh, just because of all the pressure. Um, anyways, the all of the all of this to say, this last week, I feel like between um, everything happening with the police officer who will remain unnamed in Minnesota who's on trial and the thin blue line cracking and his own, if you will, in air quotes, are speaking out. And the the reading about this book about literally like crushing and burying these ways things have always been. I feel like there's another round of, of newness coming, right? Like new ways of thinking, or at, at the very least, starting to see what's wrong with how things have been. Oh. Please. Like, Amen. So, so as we say it, so it is. <laughs> well, I, yes, but I, before we go too farther, I want to share this, this little piece of absolute joy arrived in my mailbox look at that we have like a show mug i know totally i'm in love with this and um this is a very fun thing tonight um i'm not drinking wine but i am tasting teas for the newest blend with the book launch called prosperity I love it. and um tonight this one that i'm attempting or tasting is uh it's a black tea so it has caffeine for those um this is i'm i'm choosing the blend that's a my tea right because this is for the book launch so i'm going to choose this based on um and also the the herbs that are with luck and prosperity but it's black tea mm -hmm. it has oolong amber amber oolong Ooh. it has organic purple tulsi and it has um holy basil so this What's little, Tulsi? Tulsi is just a, it's a plant, um, but purple Tulsi is, um, here, I'll send you a link. Um, it has like a, a purple color and it, it's seriously this tea. Oh, is oh my gosh, that grows all over the place here. The what is it? There it is. Yeah, it grows all over the place here. Yeah, that's tea. This grows wild here. Oh my gosh, now I know what it is. Ah. Well, that's how we are with like plantains and nettles and there's all kinds of wild herbs that live all over the place that actually have like a ton of good health benefits and stuff. And we just walk right on them like they're weeds and um, they have value, right? Yes. Well, again, that's, you know, we have a choice to do that. And I'm going to plug the plant snap app again. I am not an affiliate. I don't get anything for anybody <laughs> downloading it. So don't freak out. Plant snap. Man, I have learned so much about the plants and the trees mm. and, the, and the shrooms that grow here. And mm. this time of year, if you've got littles that are, you're taking out on walks in the middle of the day, this app is so much fun. You can learn all of, you can learn like the fancy, crazy, like, you know, 75,000 character name. And then you can learn the tulip name. <laughs> I know. I love it. Here's some. Yeah, I love it. Well, it's not a, mine's up. 
it's not uh yeah it's just so good i i know i do that i i actually um when i have a plant that i can't id i have a bunch of herbology and herbalist books that i i refer to because um it's just one of those things where um i i read somewhere that any good anyone who considers themselves even a hobby herbalist should know 30 plants mm. yes like you can't really consider yourself a like a hobbyist and so you can id 30 plants or so all right well that's a good goal yeah it's kind of an interesting little again the task of like okay count to 10 and see where your mind wanders yes. and then count on your fingers the different types of plants that you can name well and again to learn them we must identify them and like i was i was constantly calling our uh i i shared it i think with you the the purple archangels that grow oh. by us i was always calling those i thought they were purple clover i'm like oh, look, oh are you talking about purple nettles oh yeah those yes. are the the yeah. the dead the, the dead nettles purple dead nettles yes is what we call them here and so well and so i learned when I took the picture of it, I was like, oh, at, at first it was like, oh, that might be red clover. And I was like, oh, red? It doesn't really look red. And then yeah. I kept scrolling and it was like, or often called um, purple dead nettles or purple archangels. Yes. And I was like, family, actually. Oh, yeah. I'm going to call them a purple archangel now <laughs> because I like that name. And it's and it works, but that yeah. there's so much joy and like now I now I walk by the little um, the little water pond and I'm like oh look at all the purple archangels. Those actually make awesome teas. So the dead nettles, um, you just take them, you cut them, and you can hang them upside, wash them, and hang them upside down to dry, and then you just use those leaves and um, crush them, and they're a lovely little tea. Um, the leaves, but not the the flower. You can use the flower. The stem is the mint. So the stem, if you look really carefully, it's those. It's kind of a, like a square. So that's how you can tell that it's in the mint family because the stems are kind of square, squarish, okay. um, or the stalk or whatever. Listen, and you like, all, all doctory over there. I don't know. It's um, but what I love about them is that the way that they um, have their flowering is like a, it, it goes around the entire plant, right? So it's almost like, um, I forget how they, it's not a spiral, like a rose, right? But it's, it's like a stacked. Yeah, it is stacked. Totally. It, and it's, yeah. um, it's like not, not in columns. It's like a artichoke. Yeah. I, I wish I had my, I don't. I don't have my glasses. But, oh, here we go. So here's a, okay, I'm going to nerd out. So this is, um yeah, so here's my very thick modern herbal book. And then here is the, another really good one, The Way of Herbs, Ooh, right? I like, I like the color of, of that one. Yeah. And this one talks about like the functions of herbs, how to do herbal therapy, you know, the herbal treatments. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. So I like this because oh, I just turned to plantain here. So plantain is a, a weed in North Carolina. It's everywhere. Like I think of a plantain and I think of the like banana looking thing. Yeah, no. So this guy is has um, like a big broad leaf with almost like a vertical um, pattern on the 
uh, it's different. Okay. It looks like lines on the leaves in a, in a, they're just very symmetric, but like, look at that little weed. It's job here is, <laughs> uh, it's also called Englishman's foot, ribwort and the greater plantain properties, diuretic, alterate, alternative, anti-inflammatory and, um, treats urinary tract infections, hepatitis, stings, bites, and wounds. Yeah. And it's great for urinary tract infections and the cleaned kidneys. I'm like, so that's a great little tea, you know? Well, and, and here, that's a great book to have when, when we have the zombie apocalypse, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to survive. Like, I think that's, what's that? I'm surviving the zombie apocalypse. Yes. You just make your way over here to the homestead and we will get back to the land and we, we will be drivers. We'll be there in the in within six weeks. Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll oh, make our way. Okay. Well, I have a very okay. Speaking of the zombie apocalypse, you're gonna. I don't think I've ever told you this, but I have a very strange habit. Okay. I'm a seed saver. I started it years ago, where I saved seeds, and I have like a whole drawer full of seeds. So like, like organized like, by what kind of seed it is, or just like, yes. Yeah, like what they are. No, they're all organized in envelopes, labeled, named, and um, yeah. yeah. So if <laughs> I don't think honestly, over, like I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's super smart. Uh. <laughs> well, so if there is like something that happens, right? Some people are going to grab their wallet. I'm going to grab my bag of seeds. That's right. And, yes, and you <laughs> shall eat. Right. <laughs> But I started doing this like compulsively a few years ago and I'm like, wait a minute, right? What, what? And then I was Stacey's like, why are you picking the seeds out of my food? Like the problem is like the seeds that you're getting from anything from the grocery store is so modified and stuff, but like there are like victory farming and all kinds of organic stuff, um, you know, that I say, but it is, um, there, if anybody is interested in this or they think I'm crazy or it's intriguing, there are seed banks like, like all over the world there are seed banks like yes they people do this for a profession i was actually just reading um about one like a smaller country that actually went into um i feel like it might have been in africa and like they had some kind of insect or something that came through and just decimated their crops. And they actually went to like some world seed bank. I was like, what? yeah, I think it's like in Switzerland or Sweden. World seed bank? Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it. I love it. Well, and, and I think that, you know, this is, again, we are like releasing, releasing so many things that we learn. Like, I, I don't think me, maybe this is dramatic for an herb book. But when you start talking about things like tinctures and creating little potions of sorts, like growing up, I, I, that would have been, I would have been labeled a bad girl, right? Like, what is she doing? Witchcraft, right? Where, yeah. where now we're learning that all of these things that, that are around us, all of these beautiful natural herbs and leaves and shrooms that God created yes. are all of the things that we need are all right in front of us. We don't need a cabinet full of pills. Right. And that's like somehow okay. But plant material is 
I know it's, it's not, it's so backwards. It is so backwards. And, and I'm telling you, when you listen to this more than a body, you, I, I, I have a feeling you're going to like manically listen to it. Like I have, like, I've been like, doing the grind, like, oh, mother, mm, and then bawling my eyes out. And then, oh, I can't believe I like, I fell into that dumb old trap, right? So the trap that I oh didn't even God. realize was a trap because it was simply the way it's always been. Yeah. And we don't question, right? Because it just is. And that's the part. It's funny when you wake up and you start questioning everything, you're like, oh my gosh. I sleep at the wheel of my own life. Norway is where the World Seed Bank. Yes, Norway. Yeah, we kind of had a feeling it would be one of those beautiful, fabulous countries that, you know, get yeah. like the, the, it's on the scale of one to 10, they get an 11 as far as lifestyle. And like, and they're like, aren't they like the happiest people in the world? Because they're yeah. seed collectors. <laughs> that must be it. Yes. Because they're seed collectors. <laughs> Well, it, they, I think what we're learning time and time again, and, you know, it goes right along in, with the affirmation that we've been talking about on social media for the last couple of weeks. And that is the, I intentionally bring and breathe life into every room I enter. I release the fear and embrace faith, gratitude, and hope. And if we slow down and we kind of rewind our whole conversation, it's all about that. It's about intentionally bringing and breathing life wherever you go, right? Whether it's in the kitchen and you're collecting the seeds and you're putting them in the envelope into the drawer. <laughs> or when you're drying going the purple dead nettle from your yard and making yes. a cup of tea. Yes. And touching the velvet leaf. Oh. Feeling the leaf or when you're sitting in a dark room and even just observing the kid fears that are coming up into our minds and hmm. wondering why. Oh, gosh. Did you hear that? Yeah, that's okay. That was my um, teenager who wanted me to pick her up later and I didn't respond and is having a tantrum. Um, awesome. So good times. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to deal with that um, in a second. Um my mom would say to me in situations like that, I am not your taxi driver. Right. I heard um, that a billion times growing up. I am not your taxi driver. And now I totally get it. I I don't know how, like, I'm alive. <laughs> All the things I would ask for. <sighs> yeah, it's really crazy. Um, yeah, so that... Um, Mm. Yeah, no, I'm like, I'm trying to like, now I'm like, like I'm all dialed in there. But yeah, I think also um, to like, just, no, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. It was, I felt like it was important. It was to, with something about what you said, but I, I lost it because. It'll I come back it. later or next week. Well, I, I think the, the beauty, mm -hmm. well, what I'm feeling fr from this conversation is how exciting it is that. At this point, we, we are, you know, 12 months and two weeks into a different way of living. Mm -hmm. And I'm having conversations with friends who are getting their vaccines. 
Mm, exactly. And who are starting to plan trips and vacations who I'm my social media feed over this weekend was so beautiful. So many of my friends who haven't seen their parents mm. in a year, right? Yeah. Seeing their parents over Easter because everybody's been vaccinated. And it was mm -hmm. like, oh, like there is, there's a return to uh, uh, what matters. And I keep seeing that. Like now I will never take for granted hugging my parents. Mm. Like that's, that's a real thing, right? Whereas before it'd be like, oh, I gotta go. Now it's, I get to hug my parents this week. And I get to look them in the eyes, like body to body, not <laughs> head to head on Zoom. Uh, <laughs> that sounds good. Right? Weird. Yeah, I know. Yes. So it's good. It's all good. Um, I'm I'm loving that we have our show mugs. Um, <laughs> I'm that's so much fun, and that these can be, of course, hot beverage or like the picture shows. It could actually have a little wine in there. I just and I think it's so nailed it. I just. I know it just, I don't have any idea how it ended up in my feed, but it ended up in my feed for a reason. Yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, we say that all the time. Yes. Oh, you're, my, you're my people. Oh, look, there are people. This is kind of a weird thing to say, but I love it. It's so cute. Um, all right. So as we, um, as we close up here and get ready to meditate, uh, <clears throat> We are walking into Q2 with hope and excitement. Yes. And so what do you have for us? How are we meditating at? Are we doing our three breaths? What What's come no, to you during our time together? Let's practice the Tishnahan. Um, And I, I wish I had that name of that book. Oh, shoot. I'm going to see it as soon as I, is that it? Yes. Well, you could take a picture of it and drop it in the the stream. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to do is let's practice this meditation because it's a really beautiful one, and I practiced it with my my when I with my um my yo little yogini kids um, a long time ago. So it's a really fun one to do as an adult or even with your own children. But just look what you have around you. Okay. And just um, I have a piece of tiger's eye here. Okay. Um, so just grab something and we're going to practice. Um, just place it in the palm of your hand. Okay. Whatever this is. It could be anything, really. Um, ooh, what is that? Citrine? Yes. Okay. Lovely. Okay. So just place it in the palm of your hand. Um, and here you go, babe. Chapstick. We had a chapstick interruption in the meditation. <laughs> <laughs> Focus. <laughs> squirrel, squirrel. Okay. No, it's so good. This is my life. This is why I have to meditate, right? Otherwise, it's not fun. So just take this in your hand. We're going to ground and center, do a big clearing breath. So inhale through the nose, big exhale through the mouth, letting it go. It's just like wiping the slate. Mm, yes. And holding this object in your hand. And we're really just going to intensely focus on the object. 
So holding it in the fingertips, starting to just ID cold, hot, warm, bumpy, smooth, soft edges, hard edges, soft, squishy. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is what is this in the hand, right? And just exploring the object. And again, when the mind starts to travel and wander away, just come back to the object and the connection of the, the piece to the skin. Noticing the sensation of touch. Taking a little bit deeper, dialing into the surface of the skin and noticing the connection of the object to the fingertips. I'm trying to dial into that sensation. And a big breath in together. And a big breath, breath releasing from the mouth, letting it go. Mm. And you can just take that and just, you know, like start to communicate with the object, right? Like, you know, like when you start to really become present with something, especially if it's a living something or something material, right? It's like the stone or like a, a gemstone is, you know, earth an earth element, right? Like noticing if there's an exchange of energy in the fingertips even, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, and then sometimes when you have an object that you actually genuinely connect with, the edges between yourself and the object, you realize that they're really the illusion is the solidness or the solidness of the things, right? Yes. And the permeability of our connection or our interbeing is easier to um, perceive. Mm. That's good. Right. So that you can really move into a situation where you can become one with the stone, actually. Right. Um <laughs> we're zen and out sister I'm like there's no, the time space continuum is dis disappearing slowly but surely tonight on our way out but yeah, I, really, I, I totally hear what you're saying and it's the the is that where we come back to fully human fully divine we are all connected uh I had Louisa Garrett on a Moxie chat a couple weeks ago. And the, the quote that she says is attributed to her the most that she says the most is we belong to each other. Mm, yeah, and me too. And now of course I want to honor her and say, well, I see it and hear it, hear myself saying it so much more after my conversation mm. with her. And this is why it's so important to, 
slow down to make sure who you're surrounding yourself with is uh, our voices that are worthy of this one precious walk in this one precious body, right? And who knows what happens next, but where we are right now is the space. And I'm so thankful that you are one of those voices for me, Molly. Thank you so much. Tonight was great. I, I, well, the, the comments in the chat will be like, oh Lord, she had me, she lost me at the stone, but I also totally agree. I, I love our conversations and um, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful way to spend an evening together. Indeed. <sighs> well, everyone, thank you for joining us live. I can't wait to go check out the comments. And for those of you who are listening on the podcast, please, we love it when you engage with us. So if you've got a book that you use for your herbalist tendencies, we'd love it. Yes. Um, also, of course, we are really, really digging into the whole shrooms space. So if you have a favorite book around that now, we're kind of past the foraging stage here in the pack Northwest for that. However, oh, I'm growing my own shrooms downstairs. I should next time I'll show you. Yes. Oh, yes. Let's go on a tour. I've got Rishi's and um, I've got um, other ones, oysters. Yum, 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 yum. So yeah, share your books with us. Uh, I will drop in the more than a body into the comments because I really believe that every human being would benefit from listening to the book. What every woman for sure, because they're saying 80 to 90% of women have body image issues. And so that's pretty much all of us. And if we are walking the planet in and identify as male, we're still surrounded by women who are dealing with all of those mind monsters or raising them or married to them. So give yourself the gift and download and listen to it. It's really quite good. Um, I look forward to next week, Molly. Yeah. I'm going to go download it now. Yay. Good night, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for spilling the tea with Molly and me today. It was our heart's desire to provide a lens for focus a place to uncover the opportunities that abound and create a moment to embrace grace.